0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up everybody? Welcome back to the Believe in Temple football podcast. I'm John DeCarlo, the editor of AlScoop.com. joined as always by Adam DeMichael, former Temple assistant, former Temple quarterback, now leading the Michael Brothers performance, training people, training future football players out in the Pittsburgh area. What's up, bud?
1: Hey, John, my man. Everything is good, guys. Listeners, how's it going? Just uh, as you know, man, um, I got my two youngins getting ready for Halloween, had a couple of uh, little events we went to. This past week, and now we're getting ready for a few other events this weekend. You know, we'll go trick-or-treating at my parents' house. Then we'll go do some trick-or-treating at our house on Monday. And a couple different things planned, which is pretty cool. But, you know, I do miss Halloween, strangely enough. Like, in Philly, coming back, you know what I mean, from either a game or from the film sessions and just walking up, you know what I mean, Cecil B or Burks mm-hmm. or whoever the heck it was. And then you're seeing all the, the normal, everyday students dressed in you know, Halloween costumes. And I'm over there just like, man, wonder what it's like to be a normal everyday student. They're probably And they're probably thinking the same thing. Like, wow, wonder what it's like to be a football player. Maybe not at my time because we were so bad, but um, it's pretty cool, man. I, I do like Halloween. So I'm anxious for my boys. They're a little more excited than they have been in the past, you know, as they're getting older. So what
0: are they dressing up as?
1: I don't know. I think we have like 11 costumes. <laughs> so, no, one's going to be, uh, Grayson, the older one Be is going to be Iron Man. And Avery's going to be, um, Next, Avery, gonna be, oh, Avery's going to be Hulk. Mm-hmm. And then tomorrow we're going to go to a football game, my nephew's football game. They're going to dress up as two quarterbacks. So one will be Kenny Pickett. And then the other one will be uh, Joe Burrow. And then um, – so we'll be at the football game dressed as that. Like, I'm, I think every year, at least the last two years, I've gotten them, like, quarterback jerseys. So, like, mm-hmm. two years ago I got them there for Halloween. Chris – Kyler Murray and my brother bought them a Justin Herbert jersey. So – I mean, next year, we'll see, man. Maybe I'll jump the, the Hertz bandwagon if these teams playing well. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, Mahomes, I've I i I've had a Mahomes in the cart, John, probably, like, every single time I bought the other guys. I just, the colors just don't do it for me. That red and gold or, it's not like the 49ers color red, you know, what I mean? or in yellow yeah. or whatever the heck they're doing. But it just doesn't do it for me. So I, I'd have to get a white one. Mm-hmm. But you know with kids how dirty that thing will get so fast. Oh, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just, nah, I just can't do it. So
0: you we'll remember- see how everything goes you remember favorite Halloween costume growing up? Ah, that'd be a good question to
1: ask our fans, too, see what they come up with. I was probably a ninja, a regular ninja, probably like six years in a row. <laughs> you know, we, we, yeah, we didn't, really. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was a homemade ninja turtle. Leonardo my favorite turtle. I was a turtle mm-hmm. a couple of times. My was, um, I was alfalfa. Just so um, you took your hair and, like, put the... Yeah, just went, yeah, yeah, red. yeah, yeah. I was, uh... So I think it was, like, Bill Clinton or George Bush. I had, like, a mask. I don't think it was my brothers. that just wore, like, an old suit back when I was in, like, <laughs> third grade. Um, But now I just walk around with a Jason mask. Mm-hmm. Um, And then that's about it, man. How about you? Anything uh, good?
0: I think one year – my dad was a big – he was a big, like, Kenny Stabler and Oakland Raiders fan. I think one yeah. year – before I really knew who he was, I wore an, an Oakland Raiders Fred boletnikoff jersey and I was an Oakland Raider one year. Nice. God, I think when I was a kid, you had like those little like those little plastic costumes that you would literally just put on the front of you. Yeah. Mask. I was I think I was Superman one year, Mork from Mork and Mindy one year. Wow. Wow, um, that. Later on, like when you actually like you're in college, post college, you go out for Halloween parties. I think I was a nerd one year, like mm. I don't know. It's, it's cool, man. It's always interesting to see. Yeah.
1: Um. It's always interesting to see. I've yeah. I've tried to to get the whole, and also I tried to get a PJ Walker jersey for uh for my boys, but I can't find the youth version. Like I've reached out to a couple people down there because I wanted a Lamelo Ball jersey for my boys. Cause I, yeah. I, I I mean he's just exciting. Yeah. And no one no one reached back, but I don't think they have the PJ youth jerseys yet. So he's hopefully gotta hook hook you up with one starting. Yeah, you get something. No, I think you can create your own for a couple more bucks. But I was I
0: guess I hit the cheap route. Carolina we'll see what happens. starting quarterback, B.J. Walker.
1: Yeah, man. I'm, obviously, everyone's excited. So we'll see. Just hopefully he puts in, you know, back-to-back weeks in the team. I, I'm sure their energy is pretty good right now, and it's cool to see. But, you know, yeah. he, he knows that he's got a lot of work ahead of him. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes this week. I'm glad they play at one. I'll you know, get a chance to be able to watch a little bit of it.
0: Yeah. As always, the Believe in Temple Football podcast is brought to you by Online. To join and receive your fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit, make sure to use the promo code Believe. That's, that's B L E A V in all caps to receive your rewards. Mm-hmm. Bet online, where the game starts. So, Adam, we got uh, a Temple loss against Tulsa to recap. We got the the Navy midshipmen to to preview. We got a ton of mailbag questions this week, which is cool. So, I thought this was a winnable game against Tulsa and. It looked that way at first. They jumped out to a 10-0 lead behind uh, your buddy Leighton Jordan's pick six and Camden Price's field goal. But giving up 299 yards on the ground was really the story for him. Uh, Deneric Prince scored an 84-yard touchdown run. That one put the game out of reach, and he wasn't even touched up the gut. Um, more stuff on the offensive line, more injuries. Adam Klein uh, left the game in the second half. James who left uh adonica sanders uh came out in the second half wearing sweatpants um we actually got everett withers this week instead of stan drayton in the monday press conference and um everett came out with some injury updates he said that that ian stewart's still out with a foot injury um don't know whether they'll have adam klein and james famenu this week and if they don't of course that's that's tough you know i i Mm -hmm. i I know that the chris weasenham wants adam at center and and likes what he's seen from, from James so far. And, and we'll talk a little bit later in the pod about Victor Stouffel, right. Tackle. He's played two games there. Uh, Ahmad Anderson played better, but the, the passing offense was, was clearly off. And uh, you know, Zay Baines was targeted 10 times in that game. He and EJ didn't connect once. And um, you know, again, the game was there to be won. but Adam, you've been through this, you know, losing teams, rebuilding teams, they're going to just step in some stuff along the way. And if it's not one thing, it's another thing. And, no matter how many holes you try to plug, if 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 you're just not where you need to be yet in terms of talent, the depth, it's stuff that kind of gets you. So, um, what what did you take away from the game? I got some some questions for you here, but what yeah. general takeaways from it? Well, you love to, to to
1: start the game out, you know, up up ten nothing. You know, obviously, you hope that the players, <clears throat> excuse me, confidence is you know skyrocketing you hope that they see like hey listen guys you know we're playing at a high level this is what we need to do this is you know these are the things we need to stop I was that 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 running back from Tulsa I mean he looks like a professional running back I yeah mean, he does look good like physically like a, like a tad bit like Bernard Pierce ish mm-hmm. You know what I mean the Dude, just look big and you know guys were tackling him and trying to tackle him and just uh you know I'm not bouncing off but like it was you know even mm-hmm. on the the fumble you know what I mean like five or six guys were you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He was carrying them, and I mean, yep. his legs weren't like dead legs. They were just—they just kept running.
0: Yeah, I think um, he had been hurt. I—I I, I think yeah. he hurt earlier in the year, and then he came back,
1: uh-huh. and he's giving them a boost. Yeah, you wish that you know—you know, EJ tried through a little little more than he had to, or that you wished the completion percentage is you know low. Um, as you heard, a couple of the announcers saying the same thing. It just—you know—the accuracy was a tad off, mm-hmm. and whether that's. I mean, as you just mentioned, you know, having some. We'll talk about Zay here in a little bit. Well, you know what I mean, but um, you know, it's like you said, you had it, and then what happened during that, you know, those parts of the games that you know kind of lost it. You know what I mean? Like that's what, as a staff, they have to figure out and try to explain to the players, like, hey, listen, guys, it's up ten nothing. This is where you have to, you know, and you know, one way or another, step on their throats and you know, get up seventeen, get up twenty four three at halftime, whatever the case may be, and. They just didn't get it done. Um, and, I mean, like you mentioned, you give 300 yards to these guys. Now you're playing a Navy team that runs 60 times a game, you know what I mean, most yeah. in the conference. And I think it might even probably be first in the country. So it's not going to change. And um, this is a little different style, as you know. You know, we obviously played them. I mean, you guys have talked about it a bunch. So it'll be interesting to see how they attack these guys uh, from a defensive standpoint and then offensively how – you know, how important each
0: drive truly is. Now EJ, you know, typically just gives the right answers when he talks about, you know, playing behind an offensive line that's changed every week, but what do you think is going through his mind as he tries to compensate for all these changes? Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a good question. Um, and being a young guy, a lot
1: of things could go through your head and you could probably say some, something stupid. You could actually, you know, something can come out and people can misconstrue it and take it one way or another, but, like it's almost like we are trained um but for him it's like it's ingrained in his mind that mm-hmm. no matter what like we can't call out coaches we can't call out players we can't call out position groups we don't call out staff like you just saw Aaron Rodgers basically call out his entire team and I know Aaron Rodgers is a hall of famer and you know a top whatever quarterback you want to rank him in and he's playing for a ton of money and you know mm-hmm. has won at the highest level so you, you know those guys are a little different but like I mentioned before, I think once the game starts, he doesn't even realize who's out there with him. In my opinion, now, I'm, there's just too many checklists in his head when he goes out there to say to himself, "Oh no, I have I don't have my starting center. Now, I'm gonna worry and panic and try to get the ball a little little faster or a little quicker." So you're hoping that that's not the case, and he's just kind of locked in and just worrying about, "Hey, listen, these are the guys I'm out with. This is who I'm trusting to do their job, and you know, going about it that way is, my, is what I'm hoping."
0: And I want to ask you about a guy like Zay Baines. You know, you you have been around him, been around a lot of these players. Targeted ten times in that game, um, they don't connect once. Again, it might sound like a simple question, but what's going wrong when you when you have a guy targeted that many times? I mean, the, a couple of them were drops, and uh, but it could have been a little bit of everything. But what goes wrong there where he's targeted that many times and they just don't connect?
1: If I would, again, I would venture to say that Zay and the staff didn't think that he'd have to play as much as he did. Yeah. I think that's first and foremost. The Don, um, any, correct. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's like anybody, you know, the Steelers have Calvin Austin. They're not playing him. You know what I mean? He's going to be in the IR the rest of the year because they already have their three wide receiver set. Right. So, you know I mean, If you have to get in the 10 personnel, are you going to do it or are you going to play, uh, you know, a tight end or whatever, whatever you're going to do? You know what I mean? So, I think, you know, when I would watch Zay whenever I was at Temple and he'd be down there with the scout team, obviously he wasn't, you know, ready yet physically, mentally he would just continuously make plays and go up and get it. You know what I mean? He probably has some of the best, I would say, ball skills like going up and making miraculous catches or spectacular catches. Or, And I'm sure, like I said, if he's the fourth guy, he had to have shown something in practice, you know, because we've, we've gone through a couple of guys. You know, Malik Cooper played early in the season. And he hasn't played, the, you know, the position, you know, recently. If you know Fox and, you know what I mean, a couple of guys are banged up or whatnot. But to be put in a situation like that, he has to be the fourth guy now. I think, you know, this week, if, if he still is number four, if he moved up to three, the reps will help. You know, PJ just talked about the same thing. He's like, usually in practice, I get four or five reps. Mm-hmm. And now you're talking you're, you know, you're getting 60, 65 reps, and yeah. I would imagine they're going to run Zane to the ground if he is the fourth guy or the third guy now and continue, because you need reps. I mean, really, what it comes down to, Um, you know, EJ needs reps. It's just just how it is. The new offensive line, those guys, the young offensive line, they need reps, and you know, we would do this all the time, you know, when Ventel was around, and you know, those guys it's like, all right, Wednesday gets around, it's after third down, we get some base offense. All right, let's put some of these young guys in, and let them run around, let the other guys get their legs back underneath them. And that's where you kind of gain that um all those reps and you know that that knowledge before you have to get out there when the lights come on.
0: So let's look at this this Navy team. They're two and five overall. And they've got I mean, they, they beat ECU in two overtimes back on September twenty-fourth, and ECU has since responded with a big win and they look better than people expect them to be. Uh, Then they routed Tulsa 53, 21, again, a team that Temple just lost to. Um, Now, since that Tulsa, win, they're coming off two straight losses to SMU 40 to 34 and then Houston last week, 38 to 20. So they, they gave up five touchdown passes to Clayton tune he's a good quarterback. He's ahead of where EJ Warner is certainly, but it, but it does show you how Temple was maybe likely going to have to win that game Saturday, even though they'll want to, try to run it to take some pressure off VJ. Um, I, I think there's one thing to note here that could be important for Temple, and it's especially important when you're playing Navy. They're getting outscored 61 to 17 in the first quarter of the season. So there's an opportunity for Temple to start fast. Again, they, they have to do that if they want to win Saturday. If they, if they fall behind, you know, uh, this cliche has probably been said 50 million times. If you fall behind to Navy or any of the service academies by two scores, it's, it's like death because they just run. It is. Run, it, run is. Run it, it is, run you're 100 percent right. And yeah. That clock just keeps going and going and going and going. Yeah. And this isn't even, you know, we're talking about this on our Al Scoop podcast. This isn't the best Navy team we've seen in, in quite a while, but you know, they 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 do what they do. Uh Daba Fofana is their leading rusher at fullback, and he's got the most carries of any back on the team. He's got 425 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, They have a quarterback this year in Ty Lavatai, who he he leads them with five rushing touchdowns uh, and he's thrown the ball a little bit more than your traditional Navy quarterback. He threw it even more than he did last year. Uh, So far he's got 785 yards and five touchdowns. Um, He's already thrown it, I think, close to 30 more times than he did all last season. So in some ways they look exactly the same in terms of just what they do uh, at the quarterback position They look a little different. So, I mean, Adam, you you've been around it. You've been part of staffs that had to prepare, not necessarily on the defensive side, but in the building. You know what the coaches talk about. And again, like this, you know, Army Navy, they do what they do. They don't change much of it. It's just like, here's what we're gonna do. You just need to stop it. What what is it like to prepare for? For the triple option, coaches get asked this every year, but it's it's still a chore. Whether whether you're yeah. facing like a an undefeated Navy team, an undefeated Army team, or a 500 team or sub 500 team, this, these are just tricky games.
1: It's it's tough. It really is, and that's probably a, a simple answer. But you know, if I was a betting man, which I am now, I huh. can do now that I'm no longer a football coach. So I'll do a little, mm-hmm. of, uh a couple of things on FanDuel and whatnot, and a couple of fantasy leagues, as we talked about before. But um. If I was a betting man, I would think that coaching the staff did some form of Navy game plan during the spring or into fall camp. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not talking about a full all-out Navy week, right. but they game planned for it. They did a couple periods during practices, and then they did some stuff before or after practice. Um, maybe some live stuff with some scouts mm-hmm. at one point or another. Now, it's not only the defense, John, that has to be on top of things and filling gaps and you know preparing for the cut blocks and. But the scout team is are the guys that have to really yeah. be on top of their game. You know, they have to watch a ton of film. The GA spend a ton of time trying to get them right and having them do everything as close to Navy as you can. I'm talking about watching game tape like ESPN clips and hearing their their um, their cadence. Yeah. This exact sound. Like when do they send the motion? Is it by hand? Is it by foot? You know how? You know those those things all matter. You know, and then yeah. then you're talking about guys like you know we we'll talk in a little bit. I remember you know, the Matt Ioannidis and then you remember like, you know, Archibong and Jacob Martin who are just big and they just disruptive guys and different positions or whatnot, but nobody likes to be cut. Nobody mm-hmm. likes to have somebody diving at their legs. I mean, that's their future. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's that's their livelihood. You know, Leighton Jordan is a guy that wants to play at the next level. You know, we're going to talk about him and Darian, uh, you know what I mean, who, who, who specialize in rushing the quarterback. How do they handle these situations? It's like, hey, listen, it's going to be different. You know what I mean? It really is. And you're hoping that, you know, I mean, the DC DJ is going to have to. I don't know how he handled teams like this in his past. In his past, has he ever gone up against uh, defenses like this or what's his plan? But I do know, and I'm going to bring back former coaches. But like Phil Snow and mm-hmm. Jeff Collins and Thacker and those guys, they knew how to disrupt these guys. And you know, if we go back and look at the stats, like it, it tells. It's telling. You know, we won those games. We've been pretty successful against Navy and armies of the world. And then I remember Jeff Collins ran two defenses versus Navy, literally two. It was like sky and ground or red and blue. And that's all he ran. Mm -hmm. So it's like, do you make it simplistic? Do you still do things? You know, you change your personnel. Like, you know, is Avondi Rigby going to play every snap now? Are you going to put in a couple more safeties? Because, you know, I mean, there's some big boys, um, you know, they're going to be cut down. There's going to be some more outside run. just Just, you know, how are you going to handle all the different gaps? John, um, I'm, I'm a little long winded here. That's just defense. Yeah. Offensively, like just imagine, I just told you, like they they average the you know their their time of possession is 35 minutes. Mm-hmm. Temple's not going to have the football that may, that many nope. times. Temple's, you no. know, I would always do a stat. You'll have like six drives or something along those lines, and mm-hmm. go ahead and go three and out. I remember when I played, we didn't get the ball back. We had one drive in the first quarter. Just imagine that you don't get the ball back until the second quarter. You're just sitting on the sideline. And you're doing the whole little. It's third down. Mm-hmm. It's third and three. Mm-hmm. They don't get it. And You're like, yeah, punt. And they're going for it on fourth and one. And they yeah. just get it. They just do a little fullback yeah. dive. Mm-hmm. So and, you know, every 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 snap matters. Every play matters. First down is a big down. Have to stay on the field on third down. Now that's the stressful part. Like we can put a mm-hmm. lot of stress on that, or do you just you know let it fly a little bit? You know, I remember we beat. We almost we should have beat Navy back in two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. Um, um, or was it? Yeah, two thousand. I think it was. And we were up 28 3 at halftime that game. Remember and they you know they ended up coming uh, back. Yeah. And we'll talk about that. Someone asked a question about that. But yeah, we went up big time on them. And you know, I ended up coming back by throwing the ball. So mm-hmm. you'll be ready for you know, they'll they'll, they'll scheme it up and they'll you know, have some trick plays with some wheel routes and some backs out the back, filling up the seam. Um, but it's difficult and like it's live. If, like those guys are gonna be tackling the scout guys live this week. Yeah. And that's interesting. Again, I don't know what they're doing or if you know they're banged up and but we'll see what happens, John. It's going to be interesting to see how the defense handles that that type of offense.
0: And now guys like Leighton and Darian Varner are the latest, you know, Temple pass rushers or, or pass rushers on any team who now have to, in some ways, adjust what they do. I'm not saying that – I mean, we've seen Leighton can drop back into cover. He's got two pick sixes this year. Um, Darian Varner has been – I think pretty solid. Well, not that they were solid at stopping the run last week, but I don't want to call these guys one dimensional guys, but they do what they do. Well, they both have six and a half sacks. They've had really good seasons in that respect. Now, again, as cliche as it sounds, you can't just pin your ears back and it's not like you're going, you're you're rushing the quarterback every time. What does this mean for guys like that? We hear it all the time. It's like, you have to be disciplined. You have to be gap sound, read your keys, read your assignments. We know that there's not much more you can say about it, but how does this change things for, for guys like this? Is it kind of frustrating for a defensive end to say, okay, man, I got to – now I'm, I'm I'm reacting more instead of just pouncing. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, I can only um, imagine being like a Hassan Reddick and, mm-hmm. you know, Jacob Martin or, you know, we've had guys – I mean, you can just keep going through the pass rushes that we had at Temple playing against these guys, and it's like, hey, listen, every time you play – you're playing Houston or – SMU and they're throwing the ball 50 times a game. Do you think them big boys, do you think Freddie Booth-Lloyd was really excited about, you know, two-gapping um, the the A-gap or, you know what I mean, because they're throwing the ball so much or do you want to, you know what I mean, you're having a chance to rush the quarterback 50 times in a game planning against those guys most of the time. Now you have those one opportunity to go ahead and, um, you know what I mean, do your job. It's really what it comes down to when you're playing a team like this. I mean, mm. Darian's going to have to, you know, he's not going to be able to get blown off the off the football those guys play with such elite leverage and just you know what i mean how low they come off the football is just astounding when you're watching it live you're like how do they do this you know what i mean just the yep. angles they take mm-hmm. and they're just you know hip to hip and just pushing guys around i remember seeing guys just blowing back 10 12 yards i'm like holy cow almost well, like it they're really playing that rugby? Hard? Yeah, and it's just like, and those guys aren't big guys, you know what I mean? Right. It's like me and you playing guards for 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 Navy and just pushing these dudes around, <laughs> but they do such a good job and they're so sound, you know, they don't commit penalties, least penalized team in the league mm-hmm. probably for the last ten years. Um, but those guys are gonna have to do their job. They're gonna be out there, and it's sooner or later, these guys are gonna throw the football, and they're gonna have to be prepared to go after the quarterback. So again, man, they're just gonna have to do their job until that com- time comes.
0: Is that also tough, too? I mean, like, obviously, if Temple's up two scores and then you get Lavatai dropping back a little bit more, you'd rather have that. Again, he's not bad throwing the ball. You have to you can't just say, oh, he's a typical service academy quarterback. He doesn't have the arm. You know, again, his completion percentage isn't great, but he can hurt you. So they have to be careful of him. But that's the ideal thing right you know you you get up by a couple of scores I'm not saying they're going to completely abandon what they do and stop the run but is that what you have to hope for that you just really get them out of like okay we can't just go fullback dive on first down pitch on second down like now they have to mix in more passing that's what you want to get to them right yeah you'd you'd love
1: to for that to be the case um and like I mentioned before, back in '08, we put them in that situation, and guess what? Mm-hmm. They just torched us. I mean, they were just throwing the ball up and down the field, and I just couldn't, I just couldn't believe my eyes. Like it's one of the, the like if I could go back and change anything, it would be that game right there because you know we'd have been bowl eligible. But enough talking about me. But you, you'd hope that hey, listen, guys, we're gonna get up, and we're gonna get up in the second half at least. You know, first half those guys are just gonna play their game. I feel um, until you know what I mean. Maybe coaches like hey, listen. It's time to you know we got to throw the ball moved a little bit further down the field, but he's only going to throw the ball what I don't know fourteen times a game, fifteen times a game, and he's only completing half of those balls. But you know he's already thrown for five touchdowns. He's thrown for you know three in the, three in the last two games. So you hope that you can you know get pin years back and go get the quarterback um, a little earlier than
0: than you'd hope, but we'll see what happens. I'm looking at Adam. I'm looking at that box score because you have me thinking. Yeah, it was 33-27 in overtime. You hit Maneri on a four-yard touchdown pass. Bruce Francis on, t- on two 49-yard touchdown passes. Um, the late great Keir Griffin, 16-yard touchdown run. Yeah, and then they came back. with They, they scored, the, scored the last – oh, they had that – I remember that Clint Sylvie, 42-yard fumble return. Uh, and then Ricky Dobbs scored in overtime. I remember that game.
1: Yeah, man, that was a, that was a tough pill to swallow. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember we were driving. I think I fumbled on the quarterback draw on like the mm-hmm. four yard line. And then mm-hmm. obviously Pierre, um, we were trying to stop the we were trying to run the clock out. And instead of taking a knee, Golden decided to run it. That was it. That, was it. that was it. That was it. I held him up. He fumbled and like my most least athletic play in the mm-hmm. history of my career. I went to tackle the guy and I like just tripped over an imaginary left yard line. I fell right on my face. Like first time I ever fell on my face, like my face mask. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't stop myself. I just like felt sh- like someone pushed me, like a ghost or something. I just like was holding yeah. me down. I couldn't make the tackle. And we went in overtime. We'll talk a little bit, you know, something someone asked about a um play that I wish I could have back for one of our uh mailbag questions. So
0: well that was, was a play call that um that was a play call that I mean Al took a lot of heat for that. You know, deciding to <laughs> deciding to uh to run it but... yeah oh
1: yeah yeah, that one yeah, yeah right right
0: but that's what stood out for like you had good numbers in that game dude 21 of 28 304 yards three touchdowns no picks
1: yeah we played good ball man we were up early and we were up often i remember we did it was like fourth and one enroll in, in called like a fake quarterback sneak where i was like I, I you know pushed into the line and then i slipped back and i threw the you know what i mean the corners all crashed in and bruce just mm-hmm. ran right by him and scored but um uh, that's one game I wish we could have back. Cause you know we would have been bowl eligible. that should have been the first year we yeah. were bowl eligible. Yeah. That's the same year we lost on the Hail Mary and Ugh, yeah lost seven seven three to Central Michigan. I can go on and on, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, we could have a whole we can have a whole different podcast about the two two thousand eight yeah. Temple football season.
0: <laughs> now it, defensively, they're not bad. I mean, they play three four front. Yeah. Again, for what it's worth, they have the they have the top ranked right rushing defense in the conference. They haven't been good at defending teams through the air, but um, they've only allowed five rushing touchdowns a little more than hundred yards a game. Uh, they have that striker position, like that linebacker safety hybrid, John Marshall's mm-hmm. the league tackler there. And he's got three sacks. They have a guy in Jacob Busick who has five sacks uh, for them at defensive end. And so they're not, I mean, again, I wouldn't say they have an elite defense by, by any means, but they defend, defend the, the run well, which isn't great for temple. And, how would you, you know, before we get into the mailbag here, and we got to uh, want to talk a little bit about Victor Stauffel and what he's done in the last couple of weeks, I've got some audio from him. Um, if you're Temple's offensive coordinator, how do you, how do you go about playing these guys? I mean, looking at what teams are doing on in the first quarter, I mean, are you, is the temptation there? Like, again, you don't, I, I feel like on one hand you're thinking if we try to pass, 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 and we go three and out super quickly, that can be bad because if they get the ball back, they might keep it if you can't stop them on third and fourth down, obviously. But is the temptation there to say, hey, we're going to be like an NFL team. We got to throw it now to get up and run it later, given given what they do and what they don't do well, would the temptation be there to be like, all right, we got to get EJ into a groove early on? I think that to me, to me
1: being a former quarterback and quarterback coach and offensive-minded guy, I think you always have to find ways to get your quarterback – in a groove, um, and I'm not saying to, you know, change your entire offense to cater to what you need from him, but if he doesn't play well, you know, the offense isn't going to play well, and that's what's most important. Um, and, you obviously we you talked about how, how how well they, you know, play against the rush. I remember playing Navy and coaching against them, they just played so hard, you know what I mean? And, and there were, you know, I think one time that they didn't was, you know, when we beat them at their place for the championship game. Yeah. And, you know, I remember Coach – I can never say his last name – it was phenomenal. Andy Matulolo, yeah. Thank you. And he just said, you know, Temple, you know, we made them quit. Essentially, is what he said. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of paraphrasing, but that was the only time I've ever seen them not play hard, and you know what I mean, not mm-hmm. be physical. Like these guys aren't bigger than us. They're not more athletic than us. They're not faster than us. And they have some. They have a couple guys that can play. Don't get me wrong, but you would take probably 80 percent of our roster over their roster on any given day. Mm-hmm. Now, why are they good? Obviously, the style of offense that they run, the type of defense that they run, how tough they are. Mm-hmm. how physical they are, how dedicated they are, how you know what I mean, how smart they play. Um, so it'll, it'll be an interesting game. I hope that the OC doesn't play it too safe and worry too much about what I talked about earlier about, Hey, having too many three and outs. It's like, Hey, listen, how are we successful? What can we do to be successful? There's gonna have to be a trick player too in there. They're gonna have to get things rolling, but you'd love to be able to run the football. Obviously we say that every week,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but it'll be interesting to see what, style he goes with you know what i mean to, to play slow and you know what i mean hey live the third and third and nine i mean throw a screen and see what happens yeah you have to be you have to do well on first down and we have to convert on third down or we're not gonna win many football games anyway
0: yeah going back to the offensive line for a second again seven games seven different starting combinations i don't know if they'll have adam climb back this week um you know they uh they talked about um have uh, Adam, I think had like an MRI, um, ever talked about M- MRI for Adam. So I'm walking, walking out of the building on Monday. Um, but we'll, we'll see, we'll see if he plays, we'll see if, uh, if James Famine who plays, you know, again, I think he could give them, you know, I mean, he has tackle size, but could play inside. I don't know if they're going to have either one of those guys on Saturday, the guy that they have had over the last couple of weeks is finally healthy for them Is Victor Stoffel. And, uh, 6'8", 300 pounds, he has that length that, that you'd like at either tackle position. And uh, again, I'm not watching film like the, like the coaches are, but even just in the basic eye test, it looks like he's on most occasions getting the job done in pass protection. Again, I think the whole line needs to play better in terms of running the ball, I think we've talked about this before too. It's probably a chicken and egg thing. What is it? Is the line not holding blocks? Is it the backs not hitting them? But um, nonetheless, I think he's he's a piece for them, a, a guy that they can potentially build around. A guy that came here and um, out of Sweden and and hadn't played uh, hadn't played offensive line before. And I had a chance to talk to him. Had the chance to talk to him uh, after Monday's practice. And um, you guys, by the time you hear this podcast, uh, you can listen to the full interview uh tomorrow we'll have it up on our scoop but had a chance to talk to victor about just his development what it's like for him to be back out there and just you know the flexibility that, that he could give that line if they can find him as that solution at right tackle and uh here's part of that that interview with victor stoffel how good does it feel just get back on the field and playing
2: no it feels really good i mean it's uh it's my first time actually starting so yeah. i'm pretty excited about that uh and you know, I'm, I'm feeling good feeling good out there
0: how long were you when did you first get injured like how, what was your injury how long were you banged up
2: I mean, so I had knee issues for for a while, like okay. my entire college career. But then during uh, it was during fall camp, there halfway through fall camp, I uh, injured my knee like more severely. Mm-hmm. So ever since then, I've kind of been trying to work on it even more.
0: When you were, when it happened, did you think it was did you think it was something that's going to cost you the season, or did you kind of have to just take it day by day, week by week?
2: No, I think that's a good day by day. I didn't think I was going to miss any games, really. I was still yeah. thinking I was going to play. I mean, I still finished out uh, fall camp. Right. I was just thinking that my knee's got like, aggravated. Uh-huh. Uh, that's, that's what I was thinking initially. But, uh... Yeah, they told me I'd miss some games, but I mean, the plan was always to be back for the season, so I'm just, just happy to be back.
0: When did you feel like you were getting ready? I mean, were they being super cautious with everything?
2: What was it like in those days when you were ramping up to getting to play a couple weeks yeah. ago? No, they're definitely being cautious. They're like slowly kind of you know putting me back out there, uh, which at times kind of frustrating. Like I'm trying to get out there faster, but they're you know holding me back a little bit. But, you know, they they know they know best, so uh, just kind of just kind of, kind of do what they say. And then, yes, even though kind of it kind of sucks to like get minimal reps, and you kind of want more. But they know you should. Uh, even if your knee feels good, you still gotta rest it up a little bit so that it
0: How do you feel really you played over these first couple of weeks? Just get back into things. Uh, I
2: felt I felt played all right. Uh, I felt pretty rusty the first game. Uh, didn't get a lot of practice uh, before that, so I definitely felt a bit rusty. I'm mean, technique wise, but. This previous game, I definitely felt better. I felt I did some improvements. I mean, it's a lot to, lot to improve upon, but I didn't think I did too bad.
0: I mean, it feels like you know, talking to the coaches. I know they don't always say something definitive, but it feels like you being able to lock down that right tackle spot would really start to open things up for the line, where they could have Adam at center, and is, you feel like that's kind of the plan moving forward, where that you being able to play there at right tackle would would help a lot.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I think I mean, you know, I'm just trying to get out there and just do they can try to help the O line as best as best I can. And I think that. Uh, if I'm in there, you know that's another body that can have in the rotation. I think, like you said, we have a lot of a lot of good place on the O line. So just having that depth on the O line, definitely helps. And I'm just, you know, I'm just happy to be out there, happy to be able to, you know, help the best I can.
0: So Adam, you you spent some time around around Victor, and again, he he comes in as a freshman in 2019, and he's he, he was an early enrollee. So he's had, you know, spring ball in 2019. He's had the chance to really practice, and again, he he had to overcome. You know, nagging knee injury now i can play what, what are your impressions of what he's done now so far and just like building up to this point well it's it's great to see i
1: mean that he's out there and he's being productive and he's helping the team you know because he's obviously he's a monstrous man like he should be in the wwe <laughs> if he if football doesn't work out he can easily go and be in the wwe and be like the you know big Vic, some whatever the heck his name would be Big Vic. Yeah. It's, just, it's an easy it's an it's an easy access to, you know, an opportunity to be, to do something professional. Football doesn't work out in the long run, but he's a phenomenal kid, man. Funny. Um, but like I said, he's, he, he's, he's had the opportunity to practice a lot of football mm-hmm. and not have to go in and play. Mm-hmm. And now he has a chance to, you know, go in and play. And, you know, he's doing a pretty good job. And that's what I like most, most about him and what I'm seeing so far. You know, he hasn't played a lot of football. His number is called. He's ready. You know, he's locked in. And he's, you know, he's, he's doing, I'm not saying he's perfect. And, you know, we're not watching tape, like you mentioned fully, like the coaches are, but it's good to see somebody who when their number is called and the opportunity is there,
0: they attack it and they're productive and, you know, doing positive things for the team. All right. So again, Temple faces Navy Saturday at three 30 PM down in Annapolis. We've got um, several mailbag questions here to close things out. First one um, comes from Twitter. All these come from Twitter. Uh, Jason Zerby. Jason's a Pirates fan, and and lo and behold, he is asking you, as a Pittsburgh guy, ADM, when will the Pirates make it to the World Series?
1: <laughs> oh, man, next so Haley's comment. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting to see, man. Uh, I, I, I don't know if my I'll be alive when that happens and they win <laughs> the World Series if they make it. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see because like we have some pretty good talent, I think, in the minors. You know, we obviously draft. They always uh, do.
0: They always we do. Draft,
1: you know, like I said, all the dudes that are starting. You know what I mean. Musgrove was just pitching. Garrett Cole, mm-hmm. Tyon, um, who the heck's the other one? that was just on the bump. You know, Josh uh, Bell. Rodriguez. Josh Bell. Well, Rodriguez was just pitching for the Cardinals in the playoffs. Was the mm-hmm. the number one? Oh, I mean, you can go on and on. But you know, we have you know Brian Reynolds, who still could be a trade piece. Mm-hmm. o'neil Cruz is that is is a freakish. He's like Big Vic of baseball. He's six, like six seven, seven right? Down. Yeah, he's ridiculous. Yeah. Now we have three rookies this year that hit over 16 home runs and played a lot of football. I mean, a lot of a lot of baseball. A lot of baseball. Now, Cabron, Cabrian Hayes is like a legit Gold Glove third baseman, but pitching will be a big, big, big deal for us. And you know, obviously, we've done a good job with pitchers. Once they leave Pittsburgh, they go and become, you know, what I mean, hundred millionaires, hundred million mm-hmm. dollar heirs, or whatever you want to call them. The dudes are just mm-hmm. making a ton of money and pitching in the playoffs. Um, it'll it'll be a little while, but I, I again, we just. Everybody in Pittsburgh wants them to sell the team. They keep thinking Mark Cuban's going to buy the team. I'd love to have Mark Cuban buy the team. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? But, you know, he's been a Pittsburgh guy. But I think that, you know, you still have to spend at least a little bit. You know, you're seeing the Royals and then Baltimore play to a high level this year. Mm-hmm. The Rays have won championships. Teams that don't spend a lot of money have still won championships. And obviously they start selling some players off. So it's going to be a while. I'm hoping that we make the playoffs. Not this year. And I guess that would be 2024 a wild card birth for the Pirates.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, the next question here, also these are all from Twitter, from Kenzo Drew at Doctor Drew is the the Twitter handle. His question: With the year he's having, do you see Leighton Jordan returning next season, or is he uh, for sure gone?
1: Oh, I um, you know, Leighton kind of reminds me to an extent of like like a little bit of Hassan. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Hassan Redick who's with the Eagles now both have freakishly athletic skills both at the time were still growing into their position, have been moved around a little bit to linebacker, pass rusher, you know, played offense in high school. You know, we're both undersized. You know what I mean? Never really gained the weight until, like, if you see Hassan now, obviously he's eating right. You know what I'm saying? Plato's not that that level yet where he's able to, do what he wants to do, you know, when it comes to the nutrition. And he's still doing enough. I mean, in college, give you enough. But mm-hmm. one thing that, you know, they are able to do is they can rush the passer and they find ways to impact game. I think as you look at, you know, AK, right. He was with us for a while and then went to Penn state. Now he's one of the most productive pass rushers for the Falcons. Mm-hmm. And he was the same way. All those three dudes are kind of, you know, they have long arms, um, just freakishly athletic, but you can't hide the production. And that's what later has been given Temple. Um mm-hmm it's a long ways away, but I think we'll see what the NFL grade gives him. Whether it's, I guess, you know, obviously you turn your name in, John, you know, some of the guys might not know listeners and they come back and say, Hey, listen, Leighton Jordan, you're going to be a fourth rounder. And then then Leighton has to go ahead and say, Hey, listen, I got to make a decision, blah, 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 him and sit down with coach and make a decision see what's best for them. So that happens every year with guys like this to see who's going to, you know, possibly leave early, who's going to go to the league, however that case may be. So, Hopefully you know, he continues to be productive, and you know that thing falls into place for him the way he wants it to.
0: Yeah, and he's got six and a half sacks tied for the team lead with Darian Varner. So it's going to be graduating too. So he's going to have his degree. So I think he might. In my humble I'm opinion, s- I think he might be. He might be hard for Temple to keep. You know, if he becomes yeah. like you said, if he's a he's a
1: uh, he's a. I want to. I can't say he's. I don't want to say the word loyal because loyal in this game is just different. Yeah, but he he And again that staff that recruited him is not there any longer either mm-hmm. so it's like do i make a decision and do i want to go close you know there's going to be some there's going to be some suitors for certain you know what i'm saying like there's going to be some suitors i just was trying not to jinx it and have you know me say anything like that but there'll be some suitors like you mentioned john
0: yeah um the next question here is from declan landis he's one of my one of our, our students at the temple works at uh the student radio station WHIP is also in my, my sports writing class uh in my other life as a temple media advisor and uh as a teacher. So how many things I, does he
1: do? You just named like seven different things, a teacher, a sports advisor, a writer, yep. a babysitter, <sighs> this guy, I need I I've never met, ever met him before. What's that? Did I ever meet Declan?
0: No, no, no. I'm saying like, so Declan, Declan's a student here at temple. He's, he's our, our assistant uh, sports director at the student radio station WHIP so he covers the team and he takes he takes my sports writing class at temple so uh, okay very oh, nice. well I was teasing him and saying I saw you lurking around with a with a like on the mailbag question He says you got to ask uh, one he said I'd, he said I'd be happy to I've been told I don't know a lot about temple football he's joking around so that's in your true. opinion in your opinion which incoming recruit should I be most excited for so temple's got 17 verbals i tell students all the time we are covering recruiting it drives the most page views for us because it's the what's next part of sports you know and um i don't know Declan. i could tell you i mean there there's another question about this later in the mailbag i mean they're definitely recruiting to what their perceived needs would be they got some offensive linemen in this group i mean for i don't know ej warner's been up and down i think we've seen signs of a promise but they've got a pretty good looking quarterback in this class tyler douglas at ocean township he works out with Kenny Pickett. Uh, they're trained by the same guy. He's got to keep an eye on. And then I would say maybe um, like these backs, like Jaquez Smith down in Florida, and then Kyle Williams at Harrisburg High School. I mean, they need they need running backs. You know, with all due respect to Ed Sadie, Darvon Hubbard, Trey Blair, they need some skill and depth at that position. I think Jaquez Smith is a guy that can break some tackles. I think Kyle, you know, uh, I think Kyle Williams might be a little bit faster than him, maybe kind of like an all-purpose back type of guy, but they both look good. On you know, I haven't scouted these guys like the coaches have, but those are our, uh, a couple of guys to keep an eye on there, Declan. And we got a question in here about uh, one that you got on Twitter about like a, a pass that you wish you could have back. Or yeah, yeah. This back? is
1: from a uh, Temple fan owl on Twitter. If I can have if Adam could have one pass attempt back, basically a redo from his collegiate career. What pass attempt would it be? Yeah, we just talked about it earlier. It's funny that it's Navy week, um, 2008. Obviously, we had a five and seven win season. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm in the missing, I think, four games with a separated shoulder. Yeah. We lost in the hell Mary to Buffalo. We lost to Navy 28. We were up 28-3. Mm-hmm. Um, and we went for it. It was an overtime after they scored that touchdown mm-hmm. that we just talked about with the fumble. And we were up. I know it was tight. We had the ball first. And it was fourth down and two or something from the, from the the from the two-yard line, I believe it was. And we ran like a stick nod. Like if you play Madden, you run the nod route. Like the tight end goes up five yards, turns yeah. around a little jab step and goes up. So I had Maneri on the nod route and free blitzer came, gave a little pump and he, you know, I threw it. To, and, he, and to this day, like I've probably seen Steve maybe two years ago, three years ago. And he's mm-hmm. like, we still like, we still talk about this place. He knows I'm still disappointed and, and angry. And he, and he's a phenomenal dude. I just looked at my Instagram before this and he has a picture with him next to Derek Jeter. So mm-hmm. I don't know what he's doing with Derek Jeter, but you know, Steve's he's a commercial real
0: estate up there or something like that. Yeah. He's
1: obviously, um, I know he does a lot of stuff with like, I don't say under underprivileged kids or yeah. one, things of that nature. You know, him and John Palumbo, yep. another former player. Um, but Steve obviously an NFL guy, but he ended up dropping the pass. Mm-hmm. They ran off his hands and, um, they came and scored, you know what I mean? On the next play and we ended up losing, but that's probably the one I wish I could have back. And you know, for me and Steve, you know, if you're listening, Steve, I'd probably be in the NFL right now. Still, if you would have caught that ball, so oh. <laughs> I'm just gonna blame you. But now I love Steve. Get again a guy that just self-made. I mean, obviously comes in in a tight end, super yeah. skinny and thin, and then you know builds himself up and plays tackle in the NFL. I mean, are you, are you kidding me? Like that's amazing. Yeah. similar to like Cody Booth mold and mm-hmm. just seeing someone do that and go through that transformation, then slim back down. Boy, looks good right now. So that's the one pass I'd have back. So Steve, buddy, keep doing your. Keep doing good things, man, and making He's, an impact.
0: Steve's awesome. He's a great dude. Great, great family, too. Do you remember when he was with the Chiefs playing old line and Troy Paul oh, had yeah. a concussion or he got dinged up with his helmet hitting his helmet? Feet.
1: Yeah. I remember like, I mean, it's just amazing how big he was. Like when he was the Patriots. I'm like, there's no way you could be this big. Dude, you're like 330 pounds. How? Mm-hmm. How do you do that? But them dudes from, from Jersey are just different animals and Old ulmanary, man. It's cool to see though. That's definitely yeah. the one I wish we could have back because we obviously would have won six games. We'd have went to a bowl game for the first time in 700 years, and our team, <laughs> our team would have been recognized, not the team after ours, with my buddy Chester and Vaughn
0: Charlton and those yeah. guys. So, well, just... like, like we've said a million times, you guys know that you you really laid the foundation for a lot yeah. of what happened. So, <laughs> we did a lot of the heavy lifting. Um, the last question here. This is another another recruiting question from uh, Larry Atreba. Larry, I hope I'm pronouncing your last name correctly. Um, Question, gents, with 17 verbal commitments to Temple football for 2023, and the early signing period rapidly approaching, are Stan Drayton and his staff recruiting to meet the needs of the program? Was the likelihood that these recruits will actually sign? I know your favorite word, JDC, is fluid. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, Adam, I have to tell people on our message boards all the time, like, yeah, like these things are fluid, and people want to know, like, is this kid going to stay committed? And again, you know better than you know better than I do. I've never had to. Mm-hmm sweat it out like the night before signing day, we're trying to get our coverage in order and thinking like, okay, we got to stay on top of any late changing things. Whereas you guys are sweating it right down to the last minute when they're, you know, is this kid, are we going to get this kid's NLI? But yeah, I think Larry, I think they're definitely recruiting to the the needs of the program. I mean, like, again, I think I've probably said this in past podcasts on this one or Al scoop podcast, like, And Adam, you've been interviewed before as a coach. Like you have to walk a fine line when you're, you know, when you're talking to the media, like whether you were coaching the quarterbacks, whether you're coaching the receivers, Hey, what's your receiver room look like? You get a good sense early on. Like, okay, we're rebuilding. These are the guys that look like they belong. These are guys that may not be with us next year. And I'm sure Stan and his staff seven, seven games in this season, they've got a good idea of what they need. I mean, they need offensive linemen. So they've got, you know, they've got Eric King, they've got Luke Watson, they've got Cole Skinner. Uh, they've got Kevin Terry down. they have got the
1: transfer portal coming up soon. Yeah.
0: And I do think that they are recruiting to those needs. I think that they know they need to add speed and size to that receiver room. They're bringing in a, a bigger wide out and Nathan Stewart, Richard Dandridge, a kid that uh, done it. Um, uh, I was playing for Philip Simpson down at uh at Homestead High mm-hmm. School down in, in Miami. And um, he was getting some additional looks. Um, they got a kid in Preston Everhart from the Hun School. It looks like a John Christopher type of you know, Ryan Alderman slot guy. Um, you know, yeah, I think that they're they know what their their needs are. They just added a verbal uh and Zaire Coleman Frazier from from Timber Creek, a kid that had been committed to monmouth. And so the fans say, Oh, why are you flipping kids from Monmouth? But he just kept having a better and better and better senior season. And, and they've seen him a lot. They had to have seen him live. Oh yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Cool. I mean,
1: not whether it was last week or they said, Hey, we're going to go to this game. Okay. The best player on the field is this guy right here is mm-hmm. Zayim. And okay. Like he can, he's a, he's a different type, type of cat. Uh, we need, we got to take him and then boom, yeah. that's how kind of how it goes. It's like, you have to see these guys live, John, you know what I mean? And that's a big yeah. deal for, for staffs, especially new staffs. Um, Cause you, like you said, I mean, it's always interesting, John. Like, especially kids in Florida. Like, I just saw a kid decommit de- from Pitt, and obviously, whatever the main reasons may be, whatever the case is, but they're scary. You know, what I mean, that we usually get a ton of talent out of Florida, And whether they're getting back in there or not. But things happen, and like, next thing you know, as soon as another, pro- as soon as the Power Five team offers, mm-hmm. things get dicey. You reach out to the kid, doesn't text back. You mm-hmm. hit the coach up, doesn't text back, and mm-hmm. that's when you start to get that little panic. You got to go knock on. Coach Drayton's door, like, hey, listen, uh, I think we we're going to have an issue with so-and-so. Mm-hmm. And it's scary, you know what I mean? That's the tough part. Yeah. You, know, you hope that the relationships are are good enough, but relationships can only go so far. You know, kids, mm-hmm. are, kids are motivated by different things nowadays. Um, like, hey, I'm a receiver. Okay, Pitt doesn't throw the football a ton. and Temple doesn't throw the football a ton anymore yeah. with this new offense. I'm gonna go down there at UCF and throw the ball for sixty times. Whatever the case may be using different examples of schools. But you always gotta be on your toes and you have to recruit to the very end and and you have to ask tough questions. I remember Weeze was always great at that. Like, A D, what's up with um uh this guy in Florida? Like like I need to know, like is he is he good? Like, let me talk to his family, get him on the line now, let's talk. Like every single day he's asking tough questions. Who's else is calling you? Who's recruiting you? Are you locked in? Like, it might get a little um Tiresome to the player, but it's like we need to know because this early signing period is a different animal now. So,
0: yeah, did you like it? Did you, was it? I guess you could go either way on this. Did you, do you like the early signing day or was it better to just yeah, wait? I think it's good time? for teams like us, yeah,
1: Temple, you know what I mean? So kids can't have too much time to wait until February, you know what I mean? So, yep. like, hey, listen, you, you get a good guy kind of under the radar, a tad bit. I can't you know, another team can't come and snatch up before February when uh, instance like Maryland loses a wide receiver to Michigan and this kid in Maryland from Maryland. Hey, he's their, their backup plan and backup plan is better than Temple. OK, I'm going to go to Maryland now. So those things have happened in our past. Now you have this and these kids have to be kind of locked in now or you just don't sign. You know what I mean? You're hoping that your entire class does this early signing period. But who knows? There might be someone that doesn't.
0: We probably talked about this before, just to close things out, just to add to Larry's question here. Do you have a favorite recruiting story that stands out? Like a um like a, a favorite recruitment of a player, whether it was just the way you clicked with his family or the way you saw a kid really yeah. develop like a diamond in the rough type. Anything like I mean,
1: that. I know, I know he hasn't played a ton, um, but he's a kid that works his tail off like Quasi Evans has yeah. always been a favorite of mine. I know you know that. But his parents were just phenomenal. Like, and we haven't talked in a while. I talked to Quasi though. I haven't talked, but his parents used to just text me all the time. I remember me and Stan Hickson went down to his house in Maryland, and, you know, they ordered Pizza Hut pizza, and we're just crashed. Like, they're you being know, in their living room. And, and and Quasi comes from a tough spot in Baltimore, too. You know what I mean? The kid's, like, like a really tough spot. And you can just see how hungry he is, whether it's going to be in football, whether it's going to be outside of it. The mm-hmm. kid's going to be as successful in life, but you know, just sitting in his living room, just realizing you just see, that's the coolest thing about being a coach just seeing those different types of kids and where like I've sit, I've sat in mansions, you know what I mean? I've sat in gigantic houses mm-hmm. and I've sat in houses that have, you know, two rooms, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? They're in a different area. And it's just crazy how far and how much football brings people together from different walks of life. And I think, you know, that's the coolest thing about football and, and seeing stuff, you know, like crazy who's, again going to be successful whether it's this year or next year or outside of football just seeing where he comes from and the people that you know he had his little brother's sister singing she was like doing opera and i'm like what, what is going on where am i right now and the little brother's over there just talking trash and his parents are mm-hmm. just clowning everybody mm-hmm. and it would just felt like you know they kind of made me part of their family and he, i'm glad you asked that because i'm gonna i want to shoot his dad a text now and because he always checks in he calls me like Dan Marino, or every time I text him, he would name another quarterback that I passed up in the record books in Pittsburgh. <laughs> I'm like, dude, like, I mean, I'm not as good as Dan Marino, but I did break his record. Yep. But he, he's a, he's a, he's one of them. But there's a ton of them. If I can go back and think like, I loved recruiting like Roger Yancey mm-hmm. back in the day. And like, you know, Ventel was always cool. And like Kirk, Keith Kirkwood, just getting him from mm-hmm. from Hawaii and just eat like an E1 email came mm-hmm. and it's like, boom, you know what I mean? Like, you know, just it just you know seeing their parents were, were super cool
0: so mm-hmm. good stuff adam well thank you all for the mailbag questions thank you to our listeners for joining us once again for another episode of the believe in temple football podcast we'll be back next week talk about this navy game talk about usf and anything else that you guys want to put on the agenda with your mailbag questions so thanks again we'll talk to you soon see you guys